right, here we go. And in three, two, one. Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Welcome to Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast Classic. Hey guys, what's happening? Happy New Year. Hey, Happy first one of the New Year. Year. So excited. Woo-hoo. Our 70 viewers are going to be so thrilled we're back. This is good. This is good. We need, uh, we need more viewers on the show, but that's okay. This is, uh, but we got, fun. we got another 70 listeners. Yes. Yes. So here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do, uh, Chris's film. Chris, what's the name of your film? It's called the Yakuza. The Yakuza. Um, Yakuza. And then we're going to do a round of uh, the flash round of what you watch. The time so five version. things. Well, with the two, two minutes. You get that's five to two. Right? You get you have whatever you want to do with so. two. So, uh, Chris, tell us what's the movie. Uh, I picked uh, the the film I'm bringing this week is the 1974 uh, East meets West Japanese gangster slash American gangster classic The Yakuza. It's directed by Sidney Pollock. It was actually the screenplay was written by Robert Town and Paul Schrader. Can't get much better than that. And no, Schrader's brother. Leonard Schrader too. Yeah, Leonard Schrader wrote the story, but the screenplay was done by those two guys. Um, so essentially. That's what that's yeah. That, I'm well, going. Yeah, well, I read Leonard. an interview with um with um, Paul Schrader where he said his brother wrote the script too. He just okay. had more power and muscled him off the script. Crap. Well, and he was he was from he lived in Japan. I think. Yeah. I think a lot of these oh, stories. Okay. Are I think both of them. Yeah. Japan. So, Chris, can I Chris can I ask you one quick question? Is that the same Sidney Pollock from the Christmas classic Eyes Wide Shut? It is. it is. Is he the one who played it Santa is. Claus? Fascinating. Cinematic Renaissance man. And this was his, was is. this Sydney's first? No, it wasn't his first film, right? It no, wasn't his first did. movie. They shoot horses, don't they? I right. think was his okay, first film. So there's a little bit of a departure from that. Um, but basically, a small note on the uh, screenplay since we kind of got off track on that. At the time, it was the most expensive screenplay um, out there or ever. It was 300 grand for the screenplay. Plus they got like 30% of the profit. Yeah. Wow. If it had been a hit, which it was not, uh, they would have, they would have been on the uh, gravy train as it were. Um, But basically the movie movie stars uh, Robert Mitchum and uh, uh, Tanaka Ken, who is, or I'm sorry, Takakura Ken, who is, um, He was a super huge uh, Japanese star at the time. And when you watch him in this movie, you totally understand why. Uh, you'll also maybe notice him, uh, not quite, but close to 20 years later, um, in the movie, the Ridley Scott film, Black Rain. Yep. He plays the Japanese policeman. He's had Black Rain Stein. vibe. Black, Black yeah. Rain vibe, but Black Rain stole from this. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Black Rain actually it. took a lot from this. Yeah. Uh, another movie I really enjoy, even though that this one's better than that one. But I love Black that. Black Rain is still worth watching. I love that film. Uh, but basically the story is it, Chris, but Chris, his, his character's name was Tanaka Ken, right? Yeah. The character is Tanaka Ken. The right. actor his is, name is Takakura Ken. Oh, it's I'm just going to call him Ken. Yeah. Then there'll be no confusion. It's like, it's like Roseanne, you know, it's, it's always the same name. He's, right. he's basically his, his real name is his first name, as we would say in, in an American way. Um, we'd say his first name is Ken. He's playing a character named Ken. And the yeah. is what it is what it comes down gotcha. to. And you know who else is in this film? Yes. Um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, from Die Hard, from uh, Die Hard. Mr. Takagi. Yes, Mr. Takagi. Yes. Yes. Mr. Takagi. Mr. Takagi. Mr. Takagi. Mr. Takagi. Mr. Takagi. Mr. Takagi. Mr. Tak
Yeah. And among other, and then uh, Richard Jordan, just great. Well, well Richard great. Jordan is in this movie. And the guy from the go on as we start listing the cast. Why <laughs> exactly. don't you go on? Go on. I'm so, sorry. So basically, the story is. Um, I really like this story. Um, it, it's basically about a guy. Um, Robert Mitchum kind of later in life, uh, later in his acting life as well. He kind of has a great kind of later midlife sad sack look about him. Um, and it's basically about a man who is, uh, lived in Japan, was in the military during the occupation of Japan, which is funny because, you know, you don't, you don't ever hear much about the occupation of Japan. You know, we've seen tons of war movies, but you don't really even see movies really talking about the occupation of Japan. Unless. Is it over? <laughs> um, for the most part, yes. Not as much as you'd think, but um, I, I still think that I think we actually have more U.S. service members abroad in Japan or in Germany, but I think it may be Japan actually has the most U.S. service members. But that being said, um, the story is simply about um, – it's really about obligations. It's about debts. It's about friendship um, and the breaking down of those friendships. Um, it's basically about a guy who has had a couple of different jobs here back in the States, but he left, he fell in love with a woman during the occupation. Um, and her brother comes back and, um, she basically says, you know, I'll live with you, but I'll never marry you. Uh, this breaks Robert Mitchum's, uh, Harry Kilmer is the character's name. It breaks his heart. So he goes back to the United States. Uh, some of his friends stay in Japan. Uh, one becomes a very successful businessman, and that's what pulls uh, Harry Kilmer back to Japan. He says, you know, he says, Harry, I need your help. You know, my daughter's been kidnapped by a group of Yakuza, and I need you to reach out to Tanaka Ken, who's played fantastically by uh, Takakura Ken, uh, the Asian film star, the Japanese film star. And basically, so what happens is Kilmer goes back to ask a friend who owes him a debt um, because he took care of his sister. Um, well, not a friend. Yeah. Oh, they're not friends at all. They're not yeah. friends. But the thing is, is that he, he feels like he owes him a debt. And so, uh, he, and so he owes a debt to his friend, uh, the American businessman. And then Takakura Ken owes him a debt. So it's, and there's this kind of web of, of goings on. And, um, and of course, there's a woman involved. Uh, the woman that Kilmer left hasn't seen her in 20 years. Um, he goes back, and of course, so he, and that's of course her brother. Um, yeah. We find out much later in the film that it's actually his his wife, and that Kilmer had a relationship with this guy's wife while he was uh, one of those dudes in the Philippines that thought the war was still going on, even though it had been you know five or ten years or five years later. Um, so the long and the short of it is, so he goes back and to, to enlist Ken's help because he became a Yakuza after the war and uh, to get this girl, basically. Uh, he goes back there, needless to say. To get uh, the daughter, the daughter. To get the daughter of the businessman. The, um, needless Keith. to say, the rescue goes well, but what happens is Ken's involvement is, is, it becomes known. And so therefore, the price is, is put on his head and his life becomes uh, very dangerous. Because he's ex-Yakuza. Yes, he has laid he's, down his sword. Yeah, he got out, right. And then he comes back to fulfill what he feels is an obligation to Harry Kilmer. Um, but what I think I like most about this movie, and then it goes on from there, but what I think I really like most about this film is two things. One, um, it's not like super hypercharged. I feel like they take their time telling their story. And some people may, you could say it's languidly paced in some ways. Um, and like, for example, I really love the sequence where he goes back to see his old girlfriend 
in the bar that he basically bought her as a goodbye gift that she has then named Kilmer House after him for, you know, so there's all this kind of interweb. I really love that part. It felt like they honestly were people seeing each other again after 20 years who'd lived lives and whatnot. And it felt realistic to me. Um, I like the way that they overlaid the narration of his friend who stayed in Japan and is like a history teacher. Herb Edelman. Exactly. And yeah, he's telling the young guy, yeah. Robert Jordan, who's got probably one of the best pairs of plaid pants ever made. Not to mention like, sideburns. Exactly. And he goes there and uh, he's got that old school, like giant uh, uh, white sweater turtleneck. That's so great. Anyway. Um, so as he's telling, you know, the older friend is telling the younger man that goes with him kind of the story. And, and it's a great way to kind of like, Fill us in on the backstory (laughs) without, without, you know, without having a narrator, without having, you know, you know, him say to the girl, well, it's been 20 years since, you know, kind of recapping their relationship. So I really enjoyed that. Um, Personally, I've always been a fan of Japanese culture. I love Japanese film. Uh, So this really was kind of a combo for me. I saw it uh, on videotape uh, back in the nineties and I've probably seen it at least six or seven times, uh, since since then and when i saw that it was on hbo max um not anymore well that's the funny thing yeah this is a movie that that pops up and disappears it's been on prime it's been on netflix it seems to pop up and disappear because it's no longer on hbo max uh with the new year uh obviously the license was expired so i'm glad we all got to see it before then i was watching it i've watched it twice Wanted to watch it a third time and it was yeah. gone. So I'm very interested. Had any of you guys seen this film before? And no, uh, had clips you, of it. What I, saw never, what I your, never seen. What were your feelings? Because one of the things that's cool is like it's so quiet, and then all of a sudden there will be some serious violence. Sorry about the super red blood, John. I know that. that yeah, that was blood. hammer film blood. Right this was there. also um, Sidney Pollock's first collaboration with Dave Dave Bruson. Is that his name? The, the, Bruson, the yeah. Bruson, yeah. the jazz, you know, the, the soundtrack. Yeah, he had, yeah, he yeah. ended up doing The Firm, you know, down the road. He did The Firm and a bunch of other ones in between, I think. And this was, was a Japanese, very good Japanese score. cinematographer, too. Yeah, he had a, well, he, had a, he didn't English. even speak English. They were right. showing yeah, they, gray scales to like each a, other. Yeah. They had is, a gradations of gray. Yeah, and they, gray so scales, so they could the say, this is how light I want it to be. Listen, I adored this film. I can't get over how much I adored this. I This film was just right up my, obviously right up my head. You hadn't seen it? No, hadn't seen it. I love the Friends of Eddie Coyle, which also Richard, Richard Jordan. Richard Jordan. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, Robert Mitchum. Guy? Robert mm-hmm. Mitchum were in that There's one. There's some I similar think, themes about loyalty and everything. Well, that, and, and Black Coyle. Rain. Black Rain had a lot of beats that this one had, including, you know, Andy Garcia kind of playing the Richard Jordan part, but more pop like, mm-hmm. but same kind of thing happens to him. Um, I, I loved all the the actor who I thought was great in Black Rain. When I saw that it was him, and I realized it was him, I was like, "Holy cow, this is awesome!" And then, of course, yeah. the guy from Die Hard, and the the beautiful Asian, uh, the the woman yeah. playing the actress playing his girlfriend, and, and the themes of the themes of it is like apologizing and 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 confession. The idea that confession mm-hmm. they don't you know, confession doesn't mean anything to them right. if you're not going to fix the problem before you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love those themes. I like the idea that you pay back somebody if you're really going to pay a debt. And Mitchum paid a debt at the end with mm-hmm. his finger. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the vibe now, of this film. How many fingers would you have left? Me? Yeah, you had to I, do that. I would. I would only. I would only do one pinky. I'm not going to go. <laughs> I'm not going to go crazy. 
Uh, who else is going to edit this stuff if I can't do it? <laughs> um, Sidney Pollock. I mean, you, you talk about the relaxed nature. He talked about that in the, I guess, on the DVD uh, commentary that, yes, they slowed things down. As a matter of fact, I think Warner Brothers might have produced this. Wanted more action, more than well, other was sword to be. fighting. It was, it was originally written that way, and yeah. he wanted. And can you between... imagine it with Robert Aldrich directing, directing. it, and starring Redford. Lee Marvin? Oh, no, yeah. first. But you know what, yeah. Mitchum, Mitchum pulls this one off. Yeah. Now I know it's late in his career, and he didn't want to do a lot. And I guess that finger scene they had to do twenty-one times to get more pain out of him. Um, I, I just thought this thing was languid and not boring, and beautiful. Like the 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 the, the stuff is just gorgeous. So. I, this I wasn't totally the end of this. Mitchum's career. This was his no. later career. Right. But he did a lot of films after this. Look, yeah. I, I uh, what, when I knew it was a 70s theme, you know, that kind of turned me off right away. But I, I'm, I love, I love Robert Mitchum. I mean, I do. I, I love him. Uh, I like, and that's a perfect description of him, that sad sack look. Um, I like this movie a lot. I liked, uh, I liked their rapport. I liked his rapport with the woman. Um, I, I was curious about the narration scene where they're filming the two guys talking, but they're showing them. And then I read that they just uh, hid cameras in baskets and had them just walk around Japan, which I just found really interesting. And that was pretty unique for the time that they did that. Um, I thought Richard Jordan, again, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I thought it was great. The only question I had, and I'm, I'll ask you guys because I couldn't tell, I was disappointed with the um, – the uh, comeuppance of Brian Keith, because in that scene, yeah. you see Brian I, Keith, I you hear his voice. So I'm wondering, was he even there to film that? Because mm. I wanted oh. to see a much bigger thing that, you know, he turned him in. Uh, that whole that, a that confrontation. Was, yeah, that was a great twist that I was shooting disappointed him. that yeah, you never even saw his face again. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I really enjoyed this. It kept me the whole time. I thought the action scenes were done not in a... Um, like a Bruce Lee type way. It was more realistic for that type mm -hmm. of fighting. Now, of course he's getting sliced all over the place, but he's still able to go. Yeah. But when you watch the foot play, when you watch the foot play, those guys were doing the way they were handling their feet. No, positioning them with the balance and everything. Yeah. It seemed real themselves was, and then was, I was kind was, of surprised at the end when they pulled the hat back and the guy had the spider on yeah. that. He didn't mm. spare him. Yes. And was that why he cut his finger off? Yes. Yeah, that's why okay. he cuts his finger off and presents it to his brother. Your brother, okay. He even taught, like, there's a scene at, where he's in the um, cemetery where he's basically apologizing, I guess, to to their father about how I killed your oldest son's oldest son, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's the reason he cuts off his. Yeah, so that finger yeah. was for the killing of the son. Okay, that's kind of okay. Good, but I enjoyed it, Chris. I really like this a lot. Right. So. Why yeah, did nice. okay? Can we okay, Sean and uh, Drew? Before I ask any questions, you guys uh, have anything you want to say? Okay, well, I I know I've seen scenes from this movie, but I never saw the entire film. I loved this film. I watched it a second time. I would have watched it a third, but suddenly it disappeared. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> but this, you know, I really like. Well, I love the two leads. I love all the actors in this, mm -hmm. but. You know, I'm thinking about the other choices they had. Lee Marvin is the right age. and But I can't see him being so repentant. I buy Robert Mitchum in this role. I buy him as an older man who was in Japan. And he's a sad sack. You know, he's a typical Robert Mitchum. He's, he's you know, lizard-like. You know, I mean, he's like slow-moving. But you could see... He has the will to violence too. 
But, you know, I don't think Marvin would have been as good, and definitely they were thinking of bringing Robert Redford yeah. in it. Yeah, I just could not see. see He's too young, and he it just would not have worked with Redford. But I think Mitchum was perfect, and Ken was perfect, and uh, their relationship. I mean, Ken hates him. You know, I mean, he really hates him, and that is one thing. I guess I was watching this film with Debbie, and as soon as they said it, and I didn't see the end of the film ever before, and I'm like, that's his wife. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why they're so hostile, you know, and um, it turns out to be true. And But the film, you know, the fact that they're – I love this film, and they spent a lot of time on it, and I think that's what it, the Schrader, Schraders and town really liked, is this sense of honor that these that these men have, which the Brian Keith character didn't have. totally betrayed. Well, that turn did was not amazing. Have that was an amazing right. turn that that mm-hmm. scene he has. Yeah, and he gives up I, the game. I really, I really like it. I liked, you know, Ken's other brother. When Mitchum comes to try to get Ken off, he's like, "You understand obligation, but by coming to ask for my help, you're not fulfilling your obligation right. to him." You know, and I, I just think it, it is a great film, and it did. You know, everybody says it was a flop. It did really well abroad. It just did not do well in the United States. And I think there are two two reasons. One, the concept, this honor concept of cutting your finger off, they said really alienated the audience. But also, too, something that was cruel but not ne- un- unnecessary, because I don't think they needed it, was when um, Ken and, what's her name, Akita, the daughter is killed. Yeah. You know, I mean, in I'm a sense, yeah. She's such a beautiful. She's beautiful, beautiful, a sweet character. They were going to have to face down these people no matter what. They didn't need the extra motive. And and in a um, an American movie, well, maybe in the seventies, you don't kill off an innocent character like that. Well, that's why that's why Pollock was talking about why this is such a seventies. You you could get away with that in the seventies. Yeah, you could be creative and not have to pander to the audience because the audience doesn't like an unhappy ending. Come on. And I also think that there's something to be said for the idea of, you know, the deaths of the older generation, because basically everyone from that generation dies. It's, it's, you know, dusty, you know, the Robert Jordan character is the son of one of their army buddies, the army buddy we don't see. Right. Yeah. Hanako is their child. And even, Ken's nephew, he kills. So it's like that whole other generation pays for the price of the debts and the obligations of the older generation, you know? So, I mean, I, when I look at it that way, I, cause yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking when Hanako dies because you don't see it happen. It just kind of, you don't realize it's funny when one of the guys falls into the, he falls into the, uh, the sofa and his gun goes off. You don't even think about it, but she was on the other side of the sofa right. and that's where she gets killed. And, uh, but it's like that whole second generation gets wiped out anyway. And the thing about this whole honor is, is that the Mitchum character and Ken and everyone is acting on honor, but they don't even realize it, but it doesn't perhaps doesn't even matter is that the person they're all acting as their honor demands, but the person who sent this whole thing into Emotion, you know, Brian Keith's character, Stanner, was not honorable at all. No, you know, completely. You know, and yeah. he results in all these people being dead. And 
had they not decided to kill him too, you know, he would have gone back to the, his, his relationship with the Yakuza leader is like they're friends and right. he had cheated him out of all this money. Right. And so the Yakuza leader kidnaps his daughter, is going to kill his daughter, makes him come there and, and then sends his men out and goes, what really happened? Were there any guns? He's like, no, I, you know, I was in debt. And I bought stock, you know, I bought some. I invested you it. invested it and lost it. He's like, oh, why didn't you tell me? You know, it's sort of like if he had just been truthful to the Yakuza leader, because they were obviously friends, this wouldn't have happened, you know. But, you know, he wanted to save face. It's all about saving face. And I loved, like, you know how much Ken hates, you know, Mitchum. But even when he's approached by the other Yakuza guys in the men's room, and they're, and they're essentially asking permission to kill Mitchum. Right. And he's like, Ken's like, he's family. And he's like, he's not fa-. They're like, he's not family. He's an American. And he goes, family. Yeah. You know, so despite his personal, de- and you know, they do come to have a warm friendship, you know, when they both, you know, after all the things they experience. You know, and um, well, well Mitch saved, saved his life. Yeah, yeah they right. saved yeah, each they, other. They saved yeah. each other's life. Yeah. But I think it's more than that. I think they just—it's more of an appreciation. Yeah. And the fact that they were—they are kind of bound together in a way that made them unhappy. I particularly like um, when when the woman goes, um, "Did you talk to my brother?" And she's like, "He's unhappy." Was he happy? He goes, "No, he's unhappy." He goes, "He was unhappy." She goes, and Mitchell goes, "He's been unhappy." Since since he lost the war, since the war's been lost, I keep telling him it wasn't his fault, but he doesn't seem to believe me. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think there's a lot of great lines in this film. You know, and um, well, I mean, you have two uh, absolutely fantastic writers. Yeah, and I love that part when he's talking to his brother and he's like. You know, he's like obligation. He's like, you know, what, you know, so they're talking about what a mill. He's like, you come to me to discharge this. He's like, if you don't feel it, you don't have it. And it's right. such yeah. great. There's, yeah, tons of great. Well, movies. they brought Robert Town in to flesh out Mitchum's character, too, to give yeah. him, give him those things that Town is known for, which is all the deep yeah. emotional stuff. Drew, Drew, what do you Drew. think? So I love Robert Mitchum. Um, he's one of my favorite classic actors. I actually first discovered him in those Herman Woke miniseries. Uh, yeah, Pug Henry and the Winds of War yeah. and War and Remembrance. And I, I mean, when I think of a miniseries, uh, that was the first one I remember really seeing. And it was after Thornbirds and after Roots. That was, that was the one. And that it was this huge epic thing with all these actors. And I didn't really know who anybody was, but I remember Pug Henry. And then I discovered he's got this whole career. Like Out of the Past is one of my favorite noir films. And um, I had a lot of trouble paying attention to this movie. It really? didn't hook me at all. And I was very careful. I said, I'm not going to fold laundry. <laughs> I'm not going to look on my phone. I am going to. This is important. I want to respect everybody's choice in the podcast. I didn't think it was stupid or dumb or anything like that. Although comparing it to Black Rain, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I remember that being pretty awful. So I don't know oh, if wow. that was no, useful wait. to it, but I haven't, no, I haven't seen it. I don't like a lot of Ridley Scott's movies yeah. because I remember Nobody what does. they looked like and I don't remember what they were about oh. because that's not <laughs> what is important to him. Yeah. You know, our guy so, does karaoke in this or, uh, right. And but I think does some karaoke. the thing that really surprised me and I, well, first of all, that whole thing about family, obviously that reminded me about family in the Fast and the Furious. So I thought maybe I can connect to that, but I didn't. Um, 
I, I can't believe Richard Jordan has been dead for 30 years. Wow. That blows my mind because he's another actor I think is just Was his last one um, the Red October? Was that his last one? That was one of the last ones. I think the yeah. last thing he was in was Gettysburg or something like oh, okay. that because he died in 93. Yeah, so 30 he, years He ago. was so good. He's so good. <laughs> Yeah, he's he amazing. So yeah. He was ama- he's amazing in like three scenes in the hunt for an October. Yeah. He's just yeah. an incredible actor. And, and he's just in tons of stuff. Right. We can list his whole filmography if yeah. you want. There's a lot no, of we don't stuff. Have but, but and it's Richard idea. Jordan, not Robert Jordan. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. Richard no, Jordan, yeah, Richard excuse Jordan. me. Thank you. That's okay. Not Ro- I don't know where I came up with that. Uh, <laughs> he's a real dick. So um I think <laughs> the thing that shocked me, and I if really I went back and I watched a couple of scenes more than once because I thought was I just like not paying attention? The editing in the fight scenes, especially when they attack the big uh, house full of all the the men at the table gambling, mm-hmm. and then that, then they, you know, some of them are just basically wearing, they're like swaddled, and they have all the tattoos visible. So I couldn't follow any of it. I couldn't follow any of the combat. I couldn't follow any of the anything. And I, I don't. I mean, I wasn't drunk or stoned. No, the geography of anything. that was tough. It was, Mitchum, just, it was the I editing could- was. It was incomprehensible, and I was really surprised because the movie wasn't like unprofessional or anything. No. It just I just couldn't follow it. At no, but all. that's true. Mitchum, I couldn't figure out what rooms he was in, how close yeah. he was to the actual fighting, and who's looking at who, yeah. and is he like, is he watching? That, that, that is a is good, he watching a good criticism? Well, like is he watching his friend Ken, yeah. who played Ken? Is he watching him? Um, you know, butcher these guys, or is he making his own way through these? Yeah, because well, like, he was walking through. That's um, fair. He was walking through paper walls like Terminator or something, which was fun. <laughs> but that was like that was like uh, when you first see Daniel Craig in Casino Royale, and he's chasing the guy who's doing oh, parkour, yeah. and the guy yeah. slides through the little window at the top of the door, and Daniel Craig just walks through the wall. I was like, "That's American, okay." Even though he was English, but um, yeah. yeah, this movie did nothing for me, and it's made by and involves people that I really like. Like, I mean, my God, Schrader and Robert Town. And yeah, Sidney Pollock's no slouch, and you know Robert Mitchum, and whatever his name Jordan with the R in the first. Name. Like, I mean, like really good stuff. It just it didn't do anything for me. And then I saw that it was disappearing, and I was like, okay, well, I'm glad I got to see it. And then I would say something about the CEO of Discovery, but I don't want to affect anybody's potential employment uh, about pulling properties off of there. I mean, I think it's it's an important movie, uh, but it didn't do anything for me. Well, you have I had to admit, never- Drew, that. Uh, Every penny of the budget was on the screen. I mean, you have to admit that. <laughs> well, the, the problem everyone was, it was had so, great hair. It was so on the screen that they I don't think they spent any of it in the editing room. And that's I don't why know if you're I insulting me with that, or if you just you know what? Um, what you- I had never heard about this film until until Chris brought it to the table. Oh, really? I heard yeah. of it. I, just, I had never heard of it. Yeah, I heard of it. Um, I didn't know anything about it. Um, but I'm glad I well, I'm glad I saw it because I just. I fell in love with it. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, it, and I'm going to, I'm going to purchase it for my streaming. Stuff. I'm thinking I'm going to get a Blu-ray of it too. If it's I'm not going to get a Blu-ray, a laser but disc. I'm going to, I'm going to sleep. I definitely, you may be up to look for a laser disc. Yeah, I didn't like one. it that much that so I'm going to go buy it. I, I just, I, cause I want, I actually want to hear the commentary. I want to hear yeah, what I would uh, like to hear the commentary. Too. I know Mitch, I think Mitch I probably got, uh, the, uh, Aldrich. He got Aldrich out and got Paul. It was Mitchum when they casted Mitchum. He's the guy that didn't want Aldrich. Didn't oh, really? So the movie definitely changed when uh, Pollock took it over because he didn't want to do Because at that time, you, I think it was 74, right? So yeah. the Japanese kung fu movies were big. And this had originally that flavor to it. Uh, yeah, it was going to be and, much and more. Pollock did not want that. Kung fu action type movie. Yeah. And he even said that he felt that Warner Brothers was a little disappointed when he yeah. 
showed up with this kind of, don't get me wrong, there's tons of action in this film. Right, but it's a character study. Yeah, it's a much more yeah. of a meditative kind of look. It's movie. a 70s film. Yes. Oh, it sure it's is. So um, it sure is. Yeah, I think right know, now, isn't there a song played at the end over the credits? Mm-hmm. I forget. I think they play something over it. Like an actual. Oh song. my darling, Clementine. That's funny oh, right? that that was in there. Yeah, <laughs> and they actually see, he, have... he was he happened to be there while they were singing it. That's why he did it. Yeah, that that, that was a natural thing. So. Well, it's funny. Almost every it, it feels like every American movie that has a heavy uh, Japanese element to it always oh, yeah. has to have like that karaoke sequence, yeah. whether it is it started or, here or, or Rising Sun. Rising yeah. Sun, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rising Sun is the other one. Black Rain, big big. Big scene but, in that with the karaoke. Yeah, well, the Yakuza is available on Laserdisc on eBay for twelve ninety nine plus fourteen ninety. I'm sorry, plus four ninety nine shipping. And if you look at the cover, the tagline says "A hundred years ago, they were called samurai," and I don't like that either. Yeah, no, that's com- <laughs> no, that's completely <laughs> false. Yeah, no, the samurai were a lot of things that aren't positive. They weren't like gangsters who thought they were important and living a life of honor while they committed crime. I mean, it was. It's a little silly, but I will say, Drew, that Debbie would be agreeing with you. She love, you know, loved the last Indian film we watched. Sorry, but she was not engaged by this. Mm-hmm. She thought it was stupid, and I think it almost hooked her a few times, but it did not. Yeah, and- I, I didn't think it was stupid. It just didn't connect with me. I mean, it didn't well, make really me want to go like- and watch uh, Showgirls again or anything. Like I watched that, and we're done. It's fine. But it just didn't. It just didn't do anything for me. It's but funny again, I'm glad I, that I saw it because I'd heard of it, and I do like Robert Mitchum and yeah. and um, Richard Jordan, and um, you know, it's it's except for the you know editing, a lot of it is well made, and you're showing things to Americans that they haven't seen before. Ex- you know, like ex- life in Japan. Kind there of is stuff, one so. beautiful shot he does, and I think uh, um, um, Pollock talked about getting a. Pers- specific lens for the oh, shot for the last shot towards the, the end it's not quite yeah. the last but when they're walking away yeah, from yeah. each other yeah robert mm-hmm. mitchum before he gets in the oh, cab yeah. and then decides to turn around that's just uh, it's beautiful there's some beautiful st- shots in this film as well i yes it is one you have to just buy into and and go with it because it is like it does languish a little bit it's you know, it's all about honor a lot of talking going on and mm-hmm. um but boy oh boy did it hit my aesthetic right on the nose yeah yeah I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but for a couple of things real quick. Um, Ken is basically the coolest guy on the planet. Like, first so. he shows up with that jean jacket, and that yeah. was cool. And then he has that black leather jacket when he goes on the mission, and that's cool. And then he just has that tan trench coat um, or raincoat with the black turtleneck. Oh, and I was God, like, everything this guy wears is, like, super cool. <laughs> anyway. He's like me. Everything looks good on me. Oh, exactly. yeah, exactly. That's exactly That's what, what I was thinking. I was, like, I was looking at him. He's he like, like just does like COVID Sean. make you hallucinate, you guys? <laughs> that, what the hell's going on here? All right. Well, let's uh, let's review this one. Let's start with uh, Sean. Oh, thumbs up. As I said, I want to keep watching. Thumbs up. This is no, not I, No, you know either. what? I'm going to say... Yippee ki yay! Thank you. Oh my God! How many times do we have to do this, John? Yippee ki yay! Definitely, <laughs> nice. definitely yippee ki yay! I think Drew needs. Yeah, Drew was, needs I to had cut. That, yeah, I had that in the chamber. <laughs> Drew needs to cut his finger off for this bad review. Yeah. <laughs> so he owes. Well played, you son. owe us. <laughs> I, I yeah. say yippee ki yay. Yeah, obviously, up. I liked it. Yeah. All right. Good job. Let's do a round, a quick round, of what you watch. Let's start with uh, Chris. 
Oh, um, I haven't watched much of anything um, just because of the, you know, the, the holidays and whatnot. Uh, but one thing I have watched, I haven't quite finished it yet. Um, and I know how a couple of you guys feel about it, but I've been making my way through Kenobi and um, Ooh, lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my kids like it or, you know, we were looking for something Star Warsy to watch and I was oh, like, so they're not fans of excellent. No, well, you know, well, they're children. They have an excuse to sit there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as we were, I, but it was funny because one of the things that you guys were talking about is like, I'm watching this movie and it really, I forget which one. I think maybe Drew, you made the comment about like somebody wrote a Star Wars story who's obviously never seen Star Wars or maybe that's like John. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it, it really felt that way. Like you're like, why isn't he just using the Jedi mind trick? And like all these things start popping up. I haven't finished it yet. I still have to watch the last episode. Well, but, um, or stuff like why isn't he walking around that uh, gate in the middle that, of the that road? That gate was <laughs> really silly. That was oh, really? like, what's that's going like on? That's like the old booth hiding in, under the trench coat saddles. wasn't silly. Right. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was funny. <laughs> I'm Mr. Adult Man. That was terrible. <laughs> but the, the thing that got me, and maybe they'll, maybe they'll say something about this in the last episode, but I was like, okay, I like uh, two episodes in or whatever. I was just like, well, wait a minute. If he rescues Princess Leia when she's 10, She's old enough to remember that traumatic event. Why would she be like General Kenobi? You serve my father in the clone. All formal with him. She'd be like, "Hey, do you remember me? I'm the kid you rescued a decade ago." You know. Well, because he had he had his hood up, so she wasn't really sure. And that little girl could outrun two adult. Only because only because there were trees. First of all, they couldn't get past the trees. But also, (laughs) it's entirely possible that she was Jedi mind tricked. But that was done off camera, so we don't know. Yeah, what it happened. Like I said, no spoilers. Last episode, so so I will. Well, it'll. it'll, But other than that, that's really about all I've seen. It'll meet your expectation. Nice job. You had five seconds to spare. Anything you want to say? Oh wow! Nope. Good. All right, John. I watched a documentary on Carl Lemley, and for those who don't know who hmm. Carl Lemley is, he he's the one who formed Universal Studios and the Universal Monsters, and just a fascinating story about an immigrant who came over here and was going to do one thing and then saw a Nickelodeon and said, I want to be in the movie business, and took it to the next level and took a studio that started off as a B-picture studio and turned it into a major studio. And the, and the documentary is fascinating because one of the things he did was during uh, Germany, uh, the slaughtering of the Jews, he got um, a lot of Jews out of Germany on the payroll at Universal Studios. Yep. And that part of the story I found fascinating. Um, most of the people who worked there were somehow related to him in some way. And there are a lot of Lemley brothers and family members. Yeah, well, there was Dorothy Parker always said, if you want to know how to pronounce the name correctly, which was not, she never didn't say it was Lemley. It's like, it's Lamely, as in he has a very large family. So, you know. And they tried to stop him, too. The government tried to stop him because uh, they thought he was pro-Germany or something. And uh, he figured out ways to get around it to get more people so he ended up saving a lot of lives from that. And and for me, like the Universal Monster movies are some of the best horror movies I've ever seen. Uh, so it's a, just a fascinating documentary. It's on TCM. If you get a chance in your film, of pla- if you're uh, a, a fan of classic movies and of a great uh, historical story, uh, check it out. It was really interesting. So I think it's about an hour and 45 minutes. It's really good. That's it. All right. Nice. Uh, Drew. 
So Chris said he didn't get to watch a lot of stuff because of the holidays. Because of the holidays, I got to watch a lot of stuff, <laughs> and I watched a wide range of quality. Um, and there was one thing I watched Black Adam and I was like, they finally did it. They made a superhero movie without a sky beam. And then right at the end, there's a sky beam. <laughs> so that was, uh, I was disappointing. Um, I actually watched a movie I was thinking of bringing for a Christmas movie because I hadn't seen it. I watched Klaus, which is uh, an animated movie on Netflix that was up for an Oscar last year. Wonderful. Really like Santa Claus origin story. Really lovely movie. Uh, I watched Marcel the shell with shoes on which is uh, just a delightful, sweet stop motion and live action movie. About What's it called? The Shell. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. It's Jenny Slate, the comedian's uh, oh. thing that she created mm-hmm. on YouTube about 10 years ago. And I never liked Marcel the Shell before because I found his voice annoying. And this movie is so charming and beautiful and you could watch it with your kids and it's just really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, first time. I haven't seen that. Yeah, for the first time. I found uh, it was moving at the end, but it was there was so much going on. I probably need to watch it again, and I didn't feel like doing that anytime soon, but it was good. Uh, I watched Nothing Compares, which is a new documentary about Sinead O'Connor, which mm. will blow your mind because her life is even more insane than you think it is. But I'm going to devote the rest of my time to a real piece of shit that I really enjoyed. 35 seconds. Fall. And Fall oh. is about oh my two God. young the women who one? get trapped on top of a tower. <laughs> it's a great film. That movie is so good. Because I watched it and I was oh, like, I oh, this is this is the ascent instead it. of the descent. It's the yeah. ascent. Oh, I owe you it's something because I fucked your husband, blah, blah, blah. It's so well. It's like the most B-movie, B-movie I've seen in a, of a modern era in a long time. And Kelly and I watched it and we were like, oh, my God, this is so dumb and my palms are so sweaty. And then we went on IMDb and all the reviews are like, this was amazing. My palms are so sweaty. This was garbage. My palms are so sweaty. Like, you believe these people are up in this crazy place. It's really kind of amazing. So I want to comment extra, on I'll something. give you extra time because I like that film. Yeah, okay. I want to say. Good. The same people did 40, 43 meters down or 45 meters down. The, yeah, the I, I, I liked it better than 47 now, meters down. Did you down. watch it on your big shallows. You watch it on your big oh, yeah. TV? So oh, that yeah. must have been insane. It was intense. It's all it about intense. heights. It's just, it's an amazing film. It was on like, you could rent it for four bucks. I'd been wanting to see it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get it. Kelly, do you yeah. want to watch it? She goes, sure. We had a, a ball. Fun. A lot of fun. Ball. And the twist well, in there, you could kind of figure out, but still, even that was yeah, pretty Yeah, it was great. It was well, great. Ralph, are you familiar with the technological breakthrough that film was? Um, yeah, they dropped a lot of F-bombs. They, they, yeah, they and they used F-bombs. artificial intelligence yeah. in order to mo- make the mouths... You yeah. know, so that it wouldn't be in there. So that was heavily yeah. Processed. They were dropping f bombs everywhere, and they had to do it for PG. Is that uh, what they did? They they fixed that digitally. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, they I fixed their mouth yeah. so that they were actually saying the words that they added right. to replace the f bombs. Right. This was they, the first major use of that. Yeah. All yeah. right, Sean, go. Okay. Well, I have first thing I want to say is we, when we did Superman, we had our granddaughter Claudia here to talk about it. And she liked it. And our granddaughter Mara spent the night. We forced her at the beginning to watch Superman. And um, she ended up, she's like, ah, particularly it started with black and white, which he goes, gr- calls gray. She goes, Oh no, it's a gray movie, <laughs> but she really liked it. But what I, why I'm commenting now is because, you know, when they're sending those criminals from Krypton and they opened that big thing. Phantom what did Phantom. they have? Rings. They had the, they, no, they oh. had the light beam that goes into oh, the sky. That doesn't count. 
That is the first one. No, that's just light coming from the planet. That isn't light yeah, beams bringing up. That's people. a light beam from there. Okay, all right, all okay. right. That's to transport them to the Phantom Zone. Right. Yeah. So, um, okay. That's because they're watched, a Phantom Menace. Now, Debbie and I watched, um, you know, Glass Onion, which mm. um, I like that. We both loved and we both liked it better than the um, the first one of the things. Okay. Uh, it was really enjoyable. And then um, another film, Debbie came in late, and I didn't have it recorded, couldn't back it up, was Heat of the Night, you know, wow. with uh, Rod Steiger, Sidney wow. oh. Poitier. Wow. You know, of all the um, quote-unquote race films that came out, I always consider this one to be the best. Amazing performances by everybody, even Warren Oates. But the uh, Rod Steiger performance is really amazing in that film. Did he win an Academy Award for that one? Yes, he won an Academy Award. I mean, Sidney Poitier is very good in it, but Rod Steiger, I think, is really um, gives an amazing performance, a complex character. He's the one that goes through changes. In that yeah, movie. he's the one that goes through the changes and everything. But, um, well, Sidney Poitier does, too, when he realizes he's acting on race, too, because his judgment in the case is, Hampered by the fact that he wants the rich white guy. Okay, it's done. Go ahead. You get five seconds. Go ahead. Okay, but it's a it's a great film. It was on TCM. <laughs> Debbie only saw the last um, hour of it, so we got to watch it again for the. It's okay. in the heat of the night, right? In, in the, the heat, heat of the, of the night. night. In the heat of the night. Okay. Famous. Remember the series with uh, Carol yeah, O'Connor. Carol O'Connor. Sure. It was very, and, and Harold Robbins. Henry Robbins. Was it Harold Robbins. Harry, Henry, Henry Robbins. Robbins. Henry Robbins. Who Robin. a friend of Robin. mine discovered. Robert Jordan gave him his first role. All right. Oh, what? really? Ralph? Yeah, they pushed him on stage. Oh. He didn't want to act. All right, let me set so the timer. directing a play. Uh, set the timer to four minutes, Ralph. Four minutes. <laughs> All right, I saw Glass Onion, and I know okay. I know Chris wanted to bring it, and I poo-pooed that one. Not because I had seen it, but I saw it after. Uh, I loved Glass Onion, um, and I think I liked it more than I liked the first one. I loved the first one, but I don't think I could repeat watch the first one because I already knew what happened, and it wasn't stuff. Yeah. This one was better on the second viewing when I knew what was going on. It's it changes more the whole perspective of what you're watching. You watched watching. it twice already? I did. I did. So Chris couldn't bring it on, but you could watch it twice? I didn't <laughs> want I didn't want to do that. I don't want to do that's new films as our main review. It's a what you watch. So Daniel Craig all. just uh, came out and said he'll play that role as long as they want him to play he it. He should. As opposed to James fantastic. Bond, he bitches every time. And well, the people he, that, that he movie surrounds, destroys him. Like, yeah, it destroys exactly. him physically. physically like Brendan yeah. Fraser doing the no, mummy he's movies. So, just he's so him. good in this role. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, when you watch it's it. It's so much fun. At the second viewing, you get a whole different perspective, and it's just fantastic. It's hard for me to watch those movies because the director destroyed Star Wars. So it's really hard for me to watch that. <laughs> he didn't that. destroy Star Wars. Yeah, uh, no, no, he didn't. He didn't. No, he didn't make Star Wars. John, he didn't make Kenobi. Okay. No, no, but he got the ball rolling. He's got another one rolling. He's going to do another garbage. one for Netflix, supposedly. I don't know. The Last Jedi good. was the only one of those three that was worth watching. It was definitely more interesting. No. Anyway, than it's a good one. He was the tall. Oh, no, he was. The I highly recommend. Glass Glass I haven't. Onion. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Glass Onion. I I did enjoy. Um, uh, Knives out. out. Mostly, I mean, it was just it was good. It was entertaining. It had an all star studded cast. I mostly enjoyed Ana de Armas because yeah. I mean, who doesn't? And I don't know why I keep remembering. That's the movie. Chris Evans has these like amazing cable knit sweaters, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, really incredible. Right so, okay, up, yeah. so that's what I was thinking. It was that good. was filmed. Daniel in my Craig, town. 
That was, oh, was it really? Uh, well, Daniel Craig looks like he's having a good time. Yeah. My, yes. As my wife will tell you, I rolling her eyes. That's a thing I have. I love watching a movie where I can tell they're yeah. having a good time when they make something good. If you told right. me Kenobi was the lightest, most fun set ever in the history of Hollywood, I'd be like, well, you know, go fuck yourself. But I think it's fun when that energy <laughs> comes out that they're excited about the project. I mean, like doing. you said, he goes from James Bond to sitting in a bathtub. Right. On, a, on a video Zoom. screen, talking to Angela Lansbury. Uh, I forget who the three people With are. With that southern accent. He's here. so right. good. Well, it's it was so like good. when he did uh, Logan Lucky with his hair dyed blonde in that Soderbergh movie, which good is a great, great fun movie. movie. He was having movie. a good time. All it's right. Fun. Here's what you watch. All right. So now we're going to spin the wheel for classic. Wait, can I Yippie say one Kai? thing before yeah. we spin the wheel? Okay. Uh, I just want to call out two things. One, that Buffalo player, with, what happened with him. Oh, he was still waiting oh my God. The card, he had a cardiac arrest, but also Jeremy Renner, who... Uh, Apparently yeah, is he got in a plowing accident and it was he's in uh, he's in critical condition. They have to do some kind of chest trauma, uh, but it's real serious stuff that happened to him. Was he so, plowing? Uh, I don't understand. Yeah, he was. He plowing. does man stuff. Yeah, God, well, he got See, I never do man stuff. No, yeah, that's why. why would well, you some well, things. Thoughts, thoughts to both of those people. Yeah. So I just yeah, wanted to throw that. That was there, uh, so. that was quite a scene last night. My son Dylan was at that <sighs> game. Dylan was. Oh there. really? Oh wow. Yeah. And I wow. was texting him. They had no idea what was going on. So I was texting him, telling him what was happening. Well, I'll tell you, the coverage, they handled it really. ESPN handled it they, really, they did. really well. They did. I mean, I think they got a little, you know, I anyway. But but it, nobody it was, knew anything, Ralph. No, it was wild. Yeah, yeah right, I tell so you I, what. What? Any, and, you know, because of our son-in-law has been on the podcast twice. You know, I'm really sensitive. And, and our grandson plays college football now, too. Wow. Me, Debbie, and I are really sensitive to any injury to any player. Wow, and this was this was terrible. I mean, you look at it, it doesn't even look like it's a particularly horrible hit. You see worse hits than that in every right. game, but they just hit him at the right time, the right, right. We don't even know for sure what happened, but Well, they had the CPR. Boy is, they had you know, he's 24 years old. Right. You know, 24 years old. Yeah. You know, it's just a really sad thing. I just want to throw that out. Spin the wheel, right. Ralph. Right. We're starting all, all right. over again, right? Hey, no. Keep it. Let me go to the. Let me go to the wheel. Now, Ralph, that is a good looking wheel. Is it? Now that's all of us on there, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, yes. All right. Yep. Everybody, looking. Here we go. I'm watching the wheel. Spin the wheel. Oh, look at that! Two in a row. Nice. Mother. Oh my God! He should pass it up. Hang on. All right, Chris. Oh, you're doing it back. again. <laughs> we're back. You got another one. All right. So there you go. Congrats, all right, Chris. Two for two. So remember, Chris, anything you want to bring. I might, <laughs> I might nix it if it's a new one, but, uh, <laughs> but it's like, it's like, uh, the gladiators. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ralph gives so, a thumbs up and thumbs down. Yeah, who man. knows what's going to happen? No, he oh, gives what? us yippee Kai yay yeah. or yippee yeah. Kai nay. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring it, Chris, but I am going to watch it twice. Yeah. 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 After All your right. last pick, I look forward to your next pick. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, maybe we'll guys. just. I'm kidding, but maybe we'll just do Black Rain. I you know. oh. <laughs> no, you I need would, to think about this that. one. That's I would have to watch it. I'll give it some thought. I've seen it All so right. many times. Uh, the Last I Jedi, can, it is. I have seen Black Rain like no, way too many. No, times. he will not pick Last Jedi. <laughs> All right, so everybody be, have a good safe week, Sean. You and Debbie get better. Hope you feel better. I hope so, yeah, too. Feel better, yeah, Debbie. Hang in there, Sean. Too, Sean. We'll see you guys next week. Do we week. want to pander to our audience at all, Ralph? About- uh, you know what? I, I'll throw that up in the uh, later, earlier. Subscribe, hit the notification button, smash the like button. Please, 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 please. All right, everybody. And if you week. don't like it, and if you don't watch, Debbie and I may not get better.
Oh. Well, and if wow, any that's of you, a lot of pressure on our audience. If any of you commenters have any movies to recommend from the subcontinent of India, we are all ears. So please go ahead and tell us what we might consider watching. Uh, but I'll be honest with you. That. That's some funny. You, have you don't have to some, ask. Some of you have given us some excellent recommendations that we have already done episodes on. So that's please right. check and see what you, already, yeah. you might have missed. Yeah, we usually put, I usually, when I, in my replies, I put the link to the I show. I see that. that. Excellent. Excellent. So we did it. And I appreciate any of our friends from the subcontinent who've been buying my book because they saw the thing behind there. It's flying off the shelf? Yeah. All right. Well, when's awesome. the audiobook coming out? I don't know, but I will say that the two chapters you read are currently among the 10 most popular blogs I've written. Really? You know, you know at the bottom of my blog... Yeah. It has the top ten. All right. ones All right. that are Stop being pandering. To you. Oh, no, wow. Wait a minute. Let oh me ask. God. Let me ask a. Let me ask a serious question. What if Sean? What if they make a movie of Chapel Street and John? You get cast in a lead role, but it's directed by Ryan Johnson. Will you take that job? Edited for Sean, by Ralph I would do it. For I'd Sean, I would do it. But <laughs> I'm just telling you, if he directs it, it, he's going to ruin the book. <laughs> I will say. It. By the way, I do want to say, oh I had a very God. good meeting with the people. Uh, yesterday it was supposed to be in an in-person meeting, but I couldn't do it, obviously, about people who are trying to make this book. And um, I think it's going to happen. Sean, with this it's face. It's going to be shot in Boston. It? Not with oh. that face. Not with this okay. face. No. I gotta and I, if it, hap- if the book, it happens and it happens in Boston, I will do exert what little influence I have. Chris, would you like to, to pander to anybody right now? Is there anybody you want to pander to? No, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody have a good week. That's it. Over. Thanks, Ralph. Great show, Ralph, as always. Great production.